Hello and welcome to Just Do It. This is a show um, brought to you by Just Inc. And I uh, thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Kara Tomei. What I do for Just Radio is seek out artists who have hybridized their careers to include some form of innovative programming that engages the public. So be that through an ongoing project, an artist collaborative, an artist collective, a nonprofit entity, an artist-run business, whatever shape or form it takes, it really is uh, the goal is to give motivated artists a forum to share their experiences with the, the DIY practice others to do the same. I am always inspired by my guests. I get a, I'm very lucky that I get to do this show and seek out uh, interesting, motivated people to talk to. It gives me inspiration, and I hope it will give others inspiration, those of you who are listening. So today my guests are two out of four artists from a collective called the Manual History Machines. Very interesting name, of course, and that's really what caught my eye. I discovered them uh, actually for a Facebook invitation. Love Facebook for finding these fabulous people. Uh, so I got a Facebook invitation for an exhibition through a mutual friend, and it was uh, for the manual history machine. So, uh, you know, that caught my attention. I would love to have them talk about it why and how they got their name. And the fact that they're a curatorial collective really interested me and that they're all women. This intrigued me as well Um, because I've interviewed several artist collectives on this show. Uh, Most of them come together, though, to create artwork, I've found, with, with artist collectives so far. So I would say, actually, this is the first curatorial collective that I've come across uh, in Los Angeles which is kind of amazing because Los Angeles is, uh, of course, a gigantic, bustling uh, city with an amazing art scene and actually really exploding these days. And um, artists run everything and anything are are just uh, proliferating. I uh, say that word quickly. Uh, And I have no shortage of uh, possible guests for this show, which is very, very exciting. So I'm going to introduce my guests to you and have them talk to you. Um, The four artists who started the collective are Bessie Kunis, Daniela Campins, Rima Galoom, and Tessie Whitmore. Today I have two of those artists with me. It will be um, Rima and... Oh my goodness! Because one, 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 Tessie and Daniela kind of, and one of them's not feeling well. So uh, at the last minute, we had um, two out of the four be able to to be with me. So Rima and Bessie, and I'm going to say welcome to the show. Hello, Kara. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I guess you're writing up. Glad to have you. I'm so happy to have you on. I'm just really uh, intrigued to hear all about how you started the collective and the really interesting exhibitions that you have done already. Um, and so, let me. What I'd like to do first, of course, is have you each introduce yourself and just tell us a bit about um, a very, very brief kind of bio moment of uh, you know, kind of who are you, where you, where did you come from, and what kind of wor- artwork you make. You are all, all four of you are working visual artists, and so that practice is you know pro- comes first, or maybe not first. It's not a it's not a, demo- a um, 
it's not a value thing for second, third, but <laughs> so, you know, you are a working artist who then decided to come together to do this other project. And so I want you to um, qualify that, like, where does that come from? And then how did you all meet? Basically, I have kind of two of you from one school, two of you from another, so I'd like to know kind of how it all came together. So let me start with uh, Rima. Tell me about yourself, um, and then I'll have Bessie do the same. Um, well, um, I am from the Los Angeles area originally, um, and I went to Cal State Long Beach for undergrad and then Cal- California College of the Arts for graduate school and then moved back to L.A. Um, in 2011. And I'm a painter, but I work two- and three-dimensionally, and usually my three-dimensional work kind of informs my painting practice as well. And had uh, had curating entered your your mind while you were kind of getting your degrees in making art, or is that something that just kind of came about when the four of you started gelling? Um, I actually hadn't really thought about curating so much until I moved back to Los Angeles, and I actually ended up managing a gallery called George Lawson Gallery in Culver City, which is now not here, but is in San Francisco. Um, and I didn't do curating there, but I started getting more engaged with kind of that side of art. And um, when I when I met Bessie and got um, – Daniela and Tessie and I went to undergraduate school together at Cal State Long Beach, so we were really close. We all kind of expressed an interest in, in curating, and we it kind of just started there. Um, they mm-hmm. had more, I'd say Bessie and Daniela had more experience curating than I did to begin with. All right, so let's have Bessie come in on that then in terms of okay. t- talk about yourself a bit and then how what cultural experience you had before entering into uh, manual history machine. Sure. Um, hi. Um, again, thank you for having us. This is exciting. Um, so my background, uh, something like this, I'm from Orange County. And then I moved to San Francisco for school, and I stayed there for about 11 years and had all kinds of varied art experiences um, and uh, really found myself through different modes of art making. I started off doing painting and drawing, and and then I kind of expanded into more three-dimensional sort of modes and... um, and even still, I, I guess I would say I'm interdisciplinary um, as an artist. I you, Mostly I work three-dimensionally, and sometimes I incorporate photography and video into my work. Um, and I'm basically willing to use whatever means necessary to convey the ideas um, that I think are interesting at the time. Um, and so I guess my curatorial background um, sort of started in San Francisco and it came about very organically um, alongside my practice and also just sort of alongside my work history. Um, I worked at a small gallery called National Product in San Francisco years ago and um, the owner, Doug, was awesome and he let me, I still don't know why he trusted me, but he let me curate shows in this little gallery space for about a year and that was super fun and awesome and I realized that it was a really cool way to get to meet other artists 
who otherwise I would be too nervous to talk to. <laughs> so, so that was very cool. I'm like, wait a second. That's, it's like sort of a back door to meeting like cool, inspiring artists. So that right. was interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, then I also worked um, for about six years at an artist residency program at the city dump in San Francisco called, now it's called Recology. And when I was there, I started off as a student artist in residence, and then I just wouldn't leave. And I, uh, the director also trusted me, still don't know why she did. And she let me curate slowly. She gave me more and more authority to curate little shows in their permanent exhibition space and then some off-site exhibitions and um, mostly working with objects from their permanent collection. And so it's just, I don't know, it just sort of happened um, naturally. Yeah, that's sometimes, um, yeah, that's sometimes what happens. And I love when things happen organically like that. You just took opportunities. And you kept, yeah. you know, you're taking the opportunities and doing and kind of learning on on the on the job, so to speak. Um, you yeah, know, a lot of curators are these days. A lot of curators are less kind of like formally, typically trained. I mean, curating in a museum, of course, or maybe mm-hmm. yeah, for a major major gallery. But curating now with anyone who basically wants to bring art and people together and kind of just going for it and doing it. I I, I love that. <laughs> Yeah, totally. So the yeah, so I'm gonna, so the four so the four of you uh, were friends in school and then all ended up in Los Angeles. And it sounds to me like most of you are kind of um, back or new to LA in the last few years. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause, so I mean, LA. It, it, are you loving it? I mean, <laughs> I don't. Know, I'm like, I have not. I actually, I actually spent ten years in South Florida and came back. I'm from LA and. I went to KelArts and got my degree here and then, you know, went to South Florida and did independent curating there. So um, then came back and L.A. is, it's just exploded. I mean, it's amazing how much is going on in this art world and it's so exciting. So I just, I'm wondering also, do you feel the same way about about the energy of Los Angeles? Raymond, what do you think? Well, I I think... Yeah, Raymond, what do you feel? um, Well, we're all actually from... Orange County. Um, so we mm-hmm. grew up here, like in you know, we grew up around LA, but we didn't necessarily oh, no, live in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I actually think I loved uh, both Bessie and I lived in San Francisco and went to school in San Francisco, and Bessie went to and Daniela went to school in Santa Barbara as well. Um, but um, I love it up there. But I think in terms of um, the art scene here, I just feel like it's bigger and it's m- much more diverse and there's more opportunity for growth, I think, in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Um, more opportunity to do what we do as a collective, actually. There are just more, mm-hmm. there are more venues, there are more artists. Um, so I think we've thrived being here. Um, That's great. Right? What That's do you think, great to hear. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. L.A. is totally inspiring in a different way too like um san francisco is such a beautiful place and then santa barbara beautiful place la totally bizarre (laughs) and and full of inspiration and opportunities like rima was saying and it feels like it feels like the kind of place that you would never get um sick of or like well you could get sick of it but bored like i don't feel like i'm ever gonna get bored in la um and so that just 
sort of energy is exciting and yeah it there's just like such unknown future stuff happening here um so yeah well, i love I'm gonna, la i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of take that as a segue into talking about your first show because i have a feeling that nowhere else but california could you end up in the desert with a one-day site-specific exhibition in the middle of what Wonder Valley, which I don't even know where that is, and um, and you brought together 31 artists in your first show, which was called The Familiar Unfamiliar. You guys have a great knack with titles and words, and <laughs> because all of your shows have great names, we'll get there. So The Familiar Unfamiliar happened in 2013. Um, Rima, how did that come about, a show in the desert? Uh, talk about that. Um, well, I think, actually, I think Daniela, and, we all have experience in the desert. Um, I think all four of us really love, love it there. But I think both Daniela and Bessie had done projects through UC Santa Barbara in that general area um, while they were in school. So they knew about a place called um, Casa Agave, which is actually a house that we rented for this project. Um, and we thought, well... It's pretty inexpensive, and anything really goes in the desert. <laughs> right. So we thought that was kind of our initial impetus is where where could we gather a group of people to go to and produce site-specific projects um, that won't get kind of tampered with, you know. And, it also, and also it would be an opportunity for us to kind of spend time with one another and get to know each other in a kind of a re- more, more of a remote place. Um, so that was our initial impetus. And so we went out and kind of checked out space, um, uh, checked out Casa Agave. We actually checked out a few other locations, but we really responded to that one. And, um, and, and just, yeah. let me just ask you uh, quickly, Bessie, um, she, had she been inspired by High Desert Test Sites um, in Joshua Tree? Because that's the project in the desert that's been going on for many, many years, and they do such amazing shows. I've actually interviewed them on Just Radio, so if anyone's interested oh, in cool. hearing about High Desert Test Sites, but I'm just curious because that's what they do. You know, there's a permanent space out there and then a huge, huge shows with lots of artists um, out there. So is that something you had known about, Bessie, or been inspired by? Yeah, we all, um, we all knew about High Desert Test Sites and wanted to connect with them, and this show was actually, um, we proposed... We, we proposed it for High Desert Test Sites, and then we decided if we don't get in, we're still going to do it anyway. So that's exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> we, we, I mean, in a way, the way we still did thing, it. right? You know, you could do it on your yeah. own. I mean, you had a lot of artists involved, 30 artists, 31 artists. Um, yeah. So, so um, Bessie, talk a little bit just about how you gathered the artists. Was it just a call to your friends, and I mean, I just how did the show just get rolling and 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 happen with with that amount of artists? We um, the High Desert Test Site show. We we were actually planning another show before, and so we had we had culled a bunch of artists together, and the artists who we didn't select to be in the the final lineup for that other show we still really wanted to work with. So we kind of used that as a base. And some of those people we were friends with and some of them were acquaintances and some of them we hardly knew at all. So it was really like a spectrum of people. But um, it's such a small world here in L.A. And even if we didn't know somebody, it turns out they knew someone else in the show. So it's very... um, It it was naturally very social like that. Um, 
And right. so, yeah, and we just picked, you know, we kind of went with the theme of like, well, who do we think would want to drive out to the desert and maybe camp out for the night? Like who would be down for that? <laughs> um, right, because it was work. a one-day-only show. <laughs> It was a one-day yeah. only show, so basically, yeah, okay, so you had like a night, a day and a night and a day, and then it, and it was just. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and Rima, can... Rima and Bessie, did you both, did you both have projects in that show? Uh, yeah, so in that show, um, we all, we each made site-specific projects. Um, well, can you some, tell me just to give just to give our listeners an idea of this style and the kind of work that you know you 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 do? I mean, just could you describe what you did uh, as your yes. specific project in that show? Okay, both of you, I'd like yeah. to hear about that. Yeah. Rima, why don't you start? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually, yeah. <laughs> I actually made some sculptures that I actually left out in the landscape. So, um, well, not they're not there anymore, but I just brought them out and kind of um, um, installed them kind of next to some de- like debris and cinder blocks, and so it kind of they kind of blended in with the the remnants that were kind of left there in the area. Um, they were made of foam and wood, and they're primed and painted. And they could have probably been um, confused um, with trash. (laughs) Um, A fine line there? (laughs) There was a fine line, yeah. Familiar, unfamiliar. Um, So that was my project. There you go. I think I made about seven of them. But I have to say that both for, for all of us, it was hard to negotiate making the work and then also curating the show because yeah, the show I, yeah, took yeah, I actually precedent. can barely imagine, uh, you know, pulling off your own pieces with coordinating 30 plus other artists. <laughs> that, um, yeah. that's, that's a lot. And I think, um, Rima, you had told me in the conversation we had that um, since that first or maybe first, second show, you no longer uh, participate as artists in the curatorial yeah. projects, you know, partially just because of logistics. Um, but, Bessie, is there another reason that you don't participate in the shows? I mean, there's kind of like a, a you know, it's just a question about that. Yeah, you know. I know I know where you're going. <laughs> I, I know it's sort of a faux pas um, to actually Which for, I don't know if I, by people. the way, even agree with. I'm not trying to hang around the fact that, like, oh, you shouldn't. Because I don't, in a way, why not? I, I, it doesn't. In a way, in this kind of a setting with the collective and that, you know, in, exactly. in a way, it doesn't make sense to me. I think that that, that faux pas should be erased in, in, in a way. I mean, if you can manage it and, you know, and it works, you know, so I didn't mean to imply that yeah. a value no, no, judgment no. on it because I think that value no, judgment no, no. is silly. So what do you, but I you think it's feel good it. to think of it. Feel it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good to think about it and the, it just mm-hmm. it just so happened that the first two shows that we did were so much about um the relationships between the artists in the show and and our and we were central to that. So it seemed very natural right. to include ourselves in it and and quite honestly, I mean, when we're making trips out to the desert, we, we were completely inspired by the landscape and and by the house itself. Right, um, you couldn't help artists. yourself. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, part of it. And we also wanted to be, for the show in the desert, we we wanted to be on the same sort of, like, level as the artists in the show, you know. And mm-hmm. right. um, it, it would have seemed a little, it would have actually seemed weird if we didn't have work in the show um, mm-hmm. and that we brought all these people out there and asked them to do it. So it felt supernatural 
I mean, not supernatural. It felt very natural. <laughs> I <laughs> but, <did>. um, <laughs> um, and then for the the show that we did after that, um, same same thing. It felt like you know. It, it also, we just sort of envisioned it in that way, and and we still, you know, again in the future we might include ourselves again, but it really depends on the show itself and if it seems appropriate. Right. Yeah. But I I think yeah, it's absolutely. totally case good by to case. consider. Yeah, case by case, and mm-hmm. and I and I get why people think that it is odd sometimes because it seems like you're you know it could be very self promoty and I I get super icked out by that so um, yeah right right it, so, I yeah, don't. so it really depends on on this on the um, spirit of the show and what it's uh, what it's all about and, and why you would it well I think that's good that you're aware of it and that's just something to negotiate I mean as a curatorial collective yeah. that's just one of probably many issues to to negotiate. Gosh, the time is flying mm-hmm. by because it's so fun to talk to you girls. So I want to get to, I'm going to kind of move ahead and ask you to talk about the next show, which was called Our Friends Electric, question mark. Mm-hmm. Great title again. <laughs> so, but, and, and talk about how um, it, it, you got the support of the Friends of the Contemporary Art FOCA, uh, that group, and you became, um, you know, you had the exhibition in the curator's lab there. So just talk about how that, how FOCA and that show kind of really, I think, I'm guessing that it really solidified the collective and helped you officially move forward. So, um, Rima, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, <laughs> so our yeah, so our friends electric the title actually came from Gary Newman's iconic song. Um that's about kind of isolation. Uh, the the theme of that song is about isolation and so we were thinking about what it means to kind of be social today, you know, in a more technologically driven society and so we were kind of connecting with artists who had similar sensibilities as we do aesthetically actually and um that's kind of how we approached the selection process of the artists we um and then in terms of the curatorial um grant we were we were recipients of this grant at foca um which provided us with um a cat a, a money to create a catalog that also um uh, went alongside both exhibitions. And this exhibition happened in two iterations, one at FOCA, the first, and then the second iteration, Our Friends Electric Act Two, uh, was at Claremont Graduate University. And um, that was amazing because it was actually, I don't know, Flows of Contemporary Art is an amazing venue. It's a lot smaller than the Peggy Phelps um, Gallery uh, and East Gallery at Claremont Graduate University. So we had an opportunity to opportunity to show works from all of the artists that were of larger and smaller scales. Um, and David Pagel actually contributed writing for the catalog as well. So it was a really great show. Um, it was and to have exciting to David have. Pagel is kind of nice, too. <laughs> he definitely has good cred. Yeah, I think yeah. David Pagel has good cred. So, you know, you got the, you know, you had the support now of FOCA and, you know, even something like that. And it just sounds like that kind of propelled you forward, you know, to, to be, okay, we're, we're really, we're really doing this now. <laughs> um, and I, and I, yeah, I love that. So, and then the next show you did, which only just happened a couple of months ago, um, I'll have Bessie talk about something within. I think this is a really sure. interesting premise for the show and talk about that because that engaged a whole different community. So how did that come about and talk about the community that it, it engaged with? 
Sure. Um, so uh, Something Within was a show that featured um, L.A.-based artists and also artists um, living with uh, adult artists living with disabilities here in Los Angeles. And the artists um, came from Exceptional Children's Foundation. Um, and I actually work at Exceptional Children's Foundation um, at an art studio in downtown. Um, and so the, the the DAC gallery hosted the exhibition, and the DAC gallery is connected to Exceptional Children's Foundation. So, okay. again, all, happened very the connecting organically. All the, connecting all the dots, yeah, yeah. And, uh, of, yeah. Of, that, of the circles of how that came came about. Uh, okay, yeah. so go ahead and talk about how, how you curated that and how you involved sure. the artists with disabilities with the other artists. And I think there were some yeah. collaborations that went on, too. Yeah. So um, all four of us, um, you know, had been looking at a lot of the artwork that was produced in the studio, and it's also good. It was really, <laughs> really challenging to narrow down the artists from Exceptional Children's Foundation. I mean, there was, it's crazy how much amazing art comes out of there. And so that was really tricky. But then we were thinking about, you know, the artists who we would invite, the outside artists who we would invite to participate. Um, you know, we were thinking some of them could, like, collaborate with the artists from ECF and some of them could just contribute um, existing work that they already had. So we wanted sort of a blend of, like, newly created work for the show, some collaborative-ish kind of work, and then some work that we that we knew that they could provide for the show that would somehow relate to um, the aesthetics of the work produced by the adults with disabilities. So, we, we you know, like uh, everything from very playful work um, to really thoughtful and maybe even psychologically driven work. Um, and so the, the, the guests or the outside artists we brought, their work is so different from each other's um, that it's almost hard to 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 have like a common sort of thread throughout it, but individually their work very much has a relationship to the work from the artists at ECF. Um, so we had, you know, painters and um, we had a guy that made a video using the art from ECF and we had, um, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't need to, I don't want to go through yeah. every piece. But yeah, it's it was not, yeah, it sounds it very, sounds like. I mean, the, the thing about it is, each of these shows we could probably talk about for thirty minutes each. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. yeah we, <laughs> because each one, each one's so unique, each one's so different. I love how you're taking um, just different um, challenges and and goals for each show that involve different people and things, and communities. I mean, it's, I, I love to, to see that and. Um, we only have a few minutes left, unfortunately. Um, like I said, we should have done a double episode for you. Little did I know, we could have done a double double show for for Manuel. <laughs> um, so right, let's do this. Let's. Eat. I'd like each of you, um, for, uh, Rima, first. Just tell me a little bit about. Um, just let's kind of wrap it up with like what you feel is the uh, really you know the motivating and great things about being in this uh, collective and and you know why you feel like it's really working and you want to move forward. You know, just what is it about doing this together that really works for you? Um, you know, and what, what's the best part of it? Maybe. <laughs> I think, for I think it's, um, yeah, for me, I think it's really an extension of um, my practice. And I feel like it's a way, I think all, all four of us are studio artists and being in the studio is really insular, you know, at times. And I feel like reaching out and being generous and, um, getting involved with the community and, and sh exhibiting work that maybe is produced by underrepresented artists or um, more women um, is really rewarding. And um, 
And it's just a kind of a way to, I don't know, conceptualize projects differently from the way I would in my own studio. Um, And working Mm -hmm. with Bessie and Daniela and Tessie um, is, is like a dream because we're all really, really close. We're like sisters. So it doesn't, it's it's really we trust each other and we kind of feed off of one another so it's a really great collaboration oh it's and and, um and bessie what about you i i agree (laughs) (laughs) i think ditto i think rima said it very eloquently yeah great oh yeah. I'm glad because um, I have to actually, I have to wrap this up, even though I would love to keep talking to you all. I think that what you're doing is, yeah. is really exciting. I look forward to the next show, which I hear is in a couple oh. of months. At it's the actually at International. Yeah, this February at Eastside International downtown. Um, I've actually yeah. interviewed uh, one one person in that group, Molly Shea, before on the show. Um, mm-hmm. That is a way, basically, for my audience. I'm trying to pitch to my audience. Please go to Blog Talk Radio for just uh, just do it. My show is called Just Do It. G Y S T Do It. Uh, it's and we are a show brought to you by Just Inc. And by the way, Just stands for Getting Your Shit Together. G Y S T Getting Your Shit Together. <laughs> Our whole goal is to have artists get it together and you know diversify their practice and have a successful uh, career on many, many different levels. Our website, uh, gist-inc.com, has a myriad of resources and free information. Please connect with us through our website, through Facebook, through this radio show. And um, I thank you all for listening. And thank you, Bessie and Rima, for being my guests today. Thank Thank you you so much, much, Kara. You're welcome. And... We will see you all, or rather you will hear me on this show again if you log back in. And I have interviewed many different exciting DIY people. Please check back with us. Signing off. summer slowdown? Is that a thing? At Reebok, we want to help you stay motivated and keep moving all summer long. That's why for a limited time, we're giving you your second pair of footwear for just $25. So now you can up your game with some versatile trainers, set a personal best with our running shoes, or crush the course with Reebok all-terrain shoes. The choice is yours. Find your summer inspiration at the Reebok Outlet Store at the Citadel Outlets, Citadel Drive, Commerce. But hurry, these savings won't last. Reebok, be more human. Ends June 27th. Terms and conditions apply. See in-store for details. Details.